0: This is Civilly Speaking, brought to you by the Ohio Association for Justice.
1: Hello, and welcome to Civilly Speaking, OAJ's monthly podcast on practical and timely legal issues. I'm your host, uh, Sean Harris. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is my good friend, Brett Burney. Brett is uh, the owner of Burney Consultants, based in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Bernie Consultants focuses on independent e-discovery and also works with lawyers and law firms and corporations uh, using Macs and iPads in their business. Uh, Brett is a a frequent speaker uh, around the country. I know Brett has been involved even with the ABA's technology section, and so uh, we're very happy and excited to have Brett Bernie with us here today. Brett, welcome. Sean, thank you so much. It
0: is a, uh, a pleasure and an honor to be with you. Thank you.
1: So, we have this device called an iPad. Uh, at a very <laughs> kind of general level, why is an iPad useful for lawyers?
0: Uh, well, that's a great question. And it, it, I guess the
1: answer may depend
0: on exactly what you do every day and how you practice. Mr. Steve Jobs introduced the iPad or announced it in January 2010. It wasn't really all that long ago. It wasn't actually available until April of 2010, Well, hopefully, maybe in about a week or so, we're going to have the sixth iteration of what I call sort of a full-size iPad. I mean, in all these years, it has morphed and evolved, and I have found that it has really come into its own as sort of, Almost another tool that certainly not just lawyers, but all professionals can incorporate into their into the repertoire. You know, everybody today has a mobile phone. Everybody already has a computer, either a laptop or a desktop. And again, when Steve Jobs first announced the iPad, he said, you know, we're looking to see if, if there's room in that middle area for yet another category of, of devices. Now, when the iPad was first introduced, people said, well, you know, it's just for consuming information. It, you know, you can't really do anything with it. You can't create documents. Although, I have to tell you, when I heard that, I'm like, well, great. Isn't that what we do all day? Isn't that what lawyers do all day, It's consume information? If you've got to read your email, you read articles and you read documents and you read web pages and I mean that's a wonderful idea that I can use the iPad for that so first and foremost I look at it as that and then maybe more directly to your question I find that lawyers we all deal with documents we all have piles of documents and stacks of documents and boxes of documents and folders of documents but well, what if you can carry literally hundreds of thousands of documents in one device and to me that has become the iPad it's, It's like my digital banker's box or my digital legal pad. I can take notes on it now. I can pull up documents when I need them in a meeting. I can do legal research on when I'm away. And now today, since it has evolved over all these years, I have Microsoft Word on the iPad. I I can use it for presentation purposes. When I used to have to lug around a big laptop to a courtroom and set everything up. It's so easy to take everything I need right there on the iPad. That, that may be more information you were asking for, but you, you kind of get the idea. I'm pretty excited about Well, and, and obviously <laughs> you
1: mentioned documents, and one of the first things uh, when we're talking about a Word document or a PDF or, or some of the JPEGs or some of the more um, you know, popular document formats these days, there sometimes can be an issue or people have questions about, how do I get those documents onto my iPad in the first place?
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's, and that's the big thing. And so to set this up, one of the biggest uses as I alluded to already for the iPad, at least for me and for a lot of lawyers that I work with, again, is the fact that you have to read and consume so much information, and usually that case opinions or law review articles, or articles that you pulled off the web, for example. Well, okay, when I was in school, or when I'm doing work for e I have to keep up on a lot of case law for electronic discovery today. Well, I used to find a case opinion, print it out, right? And I had a little pencil bag of different colored highlighters and, pen, you know, different colored pens. And by
1: the and way, I'd markup. Is, when you and I were in law school, Lexus and Westlaw <laughs> was a separate piece of software you had to take That's right. and install on your computer. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, but anyway, so I carry all the—I used to carry all these
0: opinions in paper, in Manila folders. Now I use apps. Probably two of the biggest used apps on my iPad are GoodReader, which I believe is still four ninety nine. It's been around for a long time, and another one called PDF Expert. And so, Sean, I now put PDF files of case opinions, law review articles, articles I pull off the web. I put them into these apps. And now in these apps, since they're PDFs, I can use a stylus or even my finger on the iPad and I can highlight those sections. I can add notes, text comment boxes in the, in the margins. I can underline things. And what's great about the iPad is in these apps, Goodreader and PDF Expert, they, they, they provide a summary of all the annotations that I've done. I know lawyers that will get PDFs of transcripts, for example, right? Yeah. And the other side won't give you a text file or an e-transcript. So all you get is a PDF. Well, how do you mark that up and summarize that? Do you sit down and, you know, pull out pieces and type into a new document? Now, on the iPad, you can just sort of highlight all the sections that are important, and then it gives you a summary. Okay, so if you're going to do all that great stuff, how do you get those documents onto the iPad? Three quick ways I usually discuss with people. Number one is email. You can email yourself a document. You're sitting at your computer, you know, create a new mail message, send it to yourself, and attach document. Open up your iPad, and it can be there, then you can move that Attachment on your iPad into something like Goodreader or PDF expert uh, number two You can use iTunes software on your computer. You know before the iPad, you know when we used to have the iPods, How did you get music onto the iPod you had to plug it into your computer, right? You'd buy the music on your computer You would plug in the iPod on your computer and copy it from your computer over to your iPod Well, you can do the same thing with documents on the iPad but the way that most people do it today that a lot of lawyers, rightly so, should at least raise a question about it using a cloud service. Uh-oh. Something like Dropbox or, or Box or OneDrive, which is Microsoft's cloud service, or Google Drive, which obviously is Google's service. Ohio has a cloud ethics opinion, by the way. Pennsylvania has a very good cloud ethics opinion. About about 20, I think it's about 22 states so far have issued cloud ethics opinions on on answering that question. Can lawyers use cloud services? All of them have answered yes, as long as you take those reasonable precautions, just like with anything you do, right? As long, you know, like on a reasonable precaution of protecting information on your phone is putting a passcode on there. So you can use services like Dropbox or Box, for example, that you can put documents in on the cloud service, you can use your iPad to connect to those services, and it's an easy way, especially if you're going to trial with a lot of large audio or, or video files or pictures, you can easily suck those down onto the iPad from a service like Dropbox or Box.
1: And from your perspective, speaking of these cloud options, what are your concerns about the not reliability, but the security of those options? Excellent
0: question. Um, now, I'm a little bit on the on the geeky nerdy side, if if uh, if you haven't figured that out already. But but here's the way that I answer that a lot of times, Sean. None of us in the legal profession rarely think twice about sending an email today right to a client or so for sure an unencrypted email i always add right in other words we don't take any precau- I-, I don't even know if i could figure out how to send an encrypted email and if i could i don't know if any of my clients <laughs> would, would know how to decrypt an email the point that i'm getting to here is we've been using email for years and years in fact in 1999 the ABA had an ethics opinion out where they said unencrypted email perfectly fine for sending information to clients, unless there is a, an added knowledge that you should use encryption for one reason or another, right? A lot of financial institutions or, you know, healthcare institutions, you need to add encryption for email. And the point is, we use email every day. We send the most confidential and sensitive information by email, do we not? The point is, is that we've been using unencrypted email. Can you use a cloud service? Yes. Make sure you have a very good password on there. Make sure you read through those, those terms of service, you know, those things that we always just click through and say, yes, I agree, and never read it, you know, even as lawyers. <laughs> Make sure that you read those and just understand who owns the data, uh, who's responsible in case of a breach, et cetera. Those things are usually spelled out there. And In fact, that's what all the ethics opinions say. The Pennsylvania opinion, ethics opinion, excellent in the fact that it provides several bullet points that you should be uh, looking at. So... That's not, I'm not going to say that's enough to convince everybody. And in some cases, I would say when I talk to lawyers, if I understand the kind of information you deal with, maybe a cloud service is not appropriate for what you should be doing. But in those cases, you should probably be using encrypted email. You should probably be ensuring a lot more stuff than what, than what you may be doing right now at the, at the law firm if that's the case.
1: And going back to the, the document uh, editing apps, um, one yes. that I've used that I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on is called Notability. Um, and while yes. I, it may not have the PDF editing. What I like about it, and I end up using it uh, uh, for depositions a lot, is that I can both type and write. Right? That is, I can type out text, Absolutely. Legible, but I could also annotate freehand or draw, you know, if I'm drawing a uh, a layout of a, a crash scene or something like that, right in my notes. Not only, and I suppose, absolutely, other ones can do that too. I end up taking a picture of exhibits, of the court reporter's business card, and putting it right there in my notes.
0: <laughs> absolutely,
1: yeah. Notability for me, Sean, falls into that category that I
0: say uh, that I call sort of note taking on the iPad, which which I love. I I, I use these constantly. In fact. I rarely take a yellow legal pad around with me anywhere. I may have one in the briefcase, just in case. But today, the iPad is basically about the same size. Notability probably is one of the ones that I recommend the absolute most. When when I talk about note-taking, usually I say, do you want to type your notes or do you want to handwrite your notes? And what's great about it, just like you mentioned, something like Notability, you can do both. Another one of my favorites is called Note Shelf. It's all one word, Note Shelf. But again, Notability... Is, is probably one of the best all-around, full-featured apps. And, in fact, you, know, you mentioned the PDF. They do allow you now to bring in a PDF so that you can basically mark up a PDF just like you're doing on your notes. What I love about Notability also, you can customize your background. So if you like the yellow page with ruled lines because you like your legal path, you can create it just like that. You can use a stylus. Uh, you know, if you have an iPad Pro, you can use the Apple Pencil today. But, but just quickly, Notability is so great. In fact, I show this all the time because when I go to a conference and, you know, people have a slide up on the, on the page and they're talking about it, but then I know they're going to go to the next slide, but I still want to read what's on that slide. Since the iPad has a camera in it, I'm in Notability. I just simply take a quick snapshot of the slide. I incorporate that into the note, and then I can mark up the picture that I just took of that slide. And I don't know, I don't think you just mentioned that, but last thing quickly on Notability. You can record audio at the same time that you're taking notes. And again, this is probably what Notability does better than any other app. It will synchronize the audio that you're recording with the notes that you're taking. In fact, I was just reading somebody the other day talking about how you know they just basically let the recording go as long as you get permission from everybody involved, you know, of course. But you, he just lets the recording go. And then he just basically like will write a word or a phrase or do a check mark or something when there's something important because then he can go back later. Mm-hmm. He just simply taps on that check mark and wherever what was when it was being recorded at that time, it, the notability will play the audio from that point. So it synchronizes everything. A lot of people love that, and I mean it's a fantastic way to kind of you know remember what was being talked about at the time that you were taking notes instead of trying to write them down verbatim.
1: We've talked about editing documents on an iPad. Um, one of the things that uh, lawyers spend a lot of time doing is legal research. How does that work? Well,
0: the two big gorillas uh, both now have apps. Westlaw was the first. Uh, they came out with their sort of advanced you know, search capabilities. It's been a few years now, but it was called Westlaw Next. And they have a beautiful app, actually, uh, that they came out with first. And not too far behind, Lexus came out with their own. So both of those services have well-designed apps. You know, I think it's Lexus Advance, right? It's sort of their next-generation search tool. So both the Westlaw Next and the Lexus Advance apps, uh, obviously, you have to have a subscription. They're not, they're not free, but you can – if you do have a subscription – It'll synchronize with whatever you were maybe doing on your computer. You can save documents back and forth. Uh, You can export them as PDFs out of the app. And I have to tell you, using both of these apps, I love them because they're just so simplified, really. which is really sort of the the hallmark of most iPad apps on the computer, and there's just so many features and options and things, and really I just love the scaled-down option of both of those. Now, there's another uh, service, FastCase. Some bar associations across the country have agreements with. You can sign up for a free account. The app is free, and there's a free account. You don't get all the bells and whistles without a subscription to Fast Case. That's all one word, but it is available. And I should say, I guess, honorable mention, because I believe if you're a member of the Ohio State Bar, you have access to Casemaker. So if you have a subscription there, they do have an app. I'm not the biggest fan of that app, but it is there, and it's available. Um, So, you know, those are probably the four that I typically recommend, although I would quickly just add, there's a couple of other apps that I love as well. I do a lot of e-discovery work, which means that I'm constantly referring to the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure and the Ohio Rules of Civil Procedure or the state, whatever I'm working in. There's an app called Rulebook, which will allow me to basically download copies of the FRCP, the Ohio Rules, or the Michigan State Rules. And basically, they're there available online. You know, with all the other services, West and Lexis and Fastcase and Casemaker, you have to be connected to the Internet in order to get access to the services, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I used to carry a little book around with me for the federal rules so that I could refer to it whenever I'm working at a uh, at an engagement. But now I have the iPad. I subscribed to I bought the, uh, the app is free and you just basically have in-app purchases for the federal rules or state rules inside something like Rulebook or another one that's called wall stack but now i can get the download i can then i don't have to be connected to the internet i can search for a word or phrase inside the rules which is wonderful i couldn't do that on my my little booklet that i used to carry around and i can copy a section and and paste it into an email for example and once you purchase them on those apps they get updated so my book was probably about five years out of date well now i I know that i have the most up-to-date once you update the app You know, on the iPad, as it normally does, it updates the rules as well.
1: Again, we spend a lot of time in litigation, um, reviewing, consuming information, like you said. That would include not just um, generalized documents, but specifically deposition transcripts. Are there apps you like for, for that? Absolutely. Probably
0: the number one app for transcripts is... All one word. Transcript Pad. Transcript Pad is a sister app for another one that maybe some some uh, listeners have heard of. A trial pad, but Transcript Pad is a professional app, so it has a professional price tag with it. <laughs> I tell people it's, it, this is not uh, this isn't uh, Angry Birds pricing. Um, I believe the Transcript Pad app is eighty nine ninety nine, eighty nine dollars and ninety nine cents in the App Store. So people have to kind of get over that a little bit, you know, in the sense that. Um, it's not like a two ninety nine you know puzzle game for their grandkids or something. Uh, but it is a professional-grade application. It's fantastic in the sense that I can get a text file, like you, you request an ASCII text file from the court reporter or from the other side, wherever you get it. You can, you can bring that into Transcript Pad. You can also bring PDF exhibits and images, et cetera, too, so you can have those alongside the uh, transcript. You can then, in the text file, read through the entire Uh, file and it even separates it out as pages and the line numbers. You can select portions or paragraphs or Q&A pairs, whatever it is that's important to you. You can select that grouping or that um, uh, text of lines and then you can associate an issue code with it, for example, and you can color code it so that as you read through, you can understand uh, which sections are important. You can add a little comment or a flag to it if you need to. For. You can search everything inside it, which is wonderful. At the end of this, you can actually then generate a report. Basically, it's a PDF file that you, well, you can select what pieces and parts you want to include in the report, but it will give you a PDF report of everything that you've highlighted in there. So basically, you've just gone through and summarized an entire transcript that way. The transcript pad is the, is the number one. Now, there's a few others. Now, if we go to the opposite end of the pricing spectrum, <laughs> Westlaw which has a product, you know, for Windows computers called Westlaw Case Notebook. That's sort of a, a competitor to Casemap. Maybe some people have used Casemap, which is now owned by Alexis. But Westlaw has, has Westlaw Case Notebook, but they have a free iPad app, just simply called E-Transcript, or actually they call it a, it's a really long name, but it's the Westlaw E-Transcript. So you know sometimes you'll get an E-Transcript file from the court reporter or the other side. It's usually a PTX file. You can pull that into this free app on the iPad. Now, you can highlight sections. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles that TranscriptPad does, but it's a free app that you can pull in and use. TextMap is another Lexus application as well for Windows computers. There is a free TextMap app as well that you can get for the iPad, which is really nice. So those are usually the three that I recommend for pure transcripts. Now, again, just quickly, I add this. If you... Uh, get a PDF and you can't get another version of it, a text file or anything from the other side. Uh, you can use the Goodreader app. And in fact, um, Jeff Richardson, who is a lawyer down in New Orleans, he has a fantastic blog called iPhoneJD.com. All one word, iPhoneJD.com. He's written a couple of great posts on how he uses Goodreader to go through and summarize PDF transcripts. So if, if you find yourself in that pickle, then Goodreader is probably the better way to go. Other than that, you have the text file, transcript pad, or the eTranscript app from Westlaw.
1: Now, this next category of apps, I'm going to tell you up front, I'm skeptical of as a trial lawyer, and that is using apps to help you during jury selection. Um, only because oh boy, okay. there's so much <laughs> going on and so much that you have to be aware of, uh, both you know questions you want to ask and information about the jurors and their reactions, etc. Tell us about jury selection apps, uh, how they work, and, and uh, whether they're worth it. For folks that do
0: this a lot, Sean, here, here's the way I'll say it. I think it's worth at least Trying out one or two. Is that a good way to, a good legal answer to get around it <laughs> <at> all there? <laughs> I, I, I think it's worthwhile at least looking at it, right? Because I share some of your skepticism and I, I think I've come to the point where I don't recommend that this is a full replacement for maybe the folders with like the little post it notes, right, that you move around. But it, but it could be useful in some situations. Here's the only one that I would probably recommend today is one called iJuror. So it's I J U R O R I juror. I think it's about $15 now in the app store. My biggest complaint about it is that it looks a little Fisher-Price-esque. They, they really need to improve the graphics on there quite a bit. Here's the thing. If you need to do a search for anybody in that was um, in the pool of uh, potential jurors, or maybe even the current jury, that you know, has um, uh, uh, law enforcement, somebody in law enforcement in the family, right? Uh, how do you keep track of that? Well, I don't, you know, everybody has a different way to do that. But with this iJuror app, as long as you have somebody, maybe not you or your assistant, paralegal, somebody, put all the information into this app, well, it's just simply like two or three taps to be able to find who in the jury has law enforcement in the background. Or, or you know, who made a comment about this particular medical device or somebody that had, a, that had an injury from uh, you know, some disease or sickness or so. You can put all that information into this app, and then you can search it in real time. So, again, not for everybody, but I think that in some cases it might be useful as sort of a, um, a research component uh, once maybe everybody sees it or, or you know, at some point within the, um, uh, within the trial, I think it could come in helpful. You can, by the way, you can also, like, track which jurors are falling asleep or which ones are crying at this time or something like that. You can track that kind of information in there, too, uh, in the so that it. Basically, it's searchable then at that point as opposed to maybe just handwriting it on a legal pad that you forget somewhere.
1: And I, and I think your, uh, your caveat about playing around with it and getting comfortable with it first so that you can be present in the moment for jury selection is probably the best yeah. advice. You know, and there's a couple of others out there too that don't so much focus on the things I'm talking about. Like, I mean, this IJER,
0: or if you go to the website, it go to the, but you'll see some screenshots. It's, it's uh, you can move people around, and they have different backgrounds. If they're red if you don't like them, or they're green if you do like them, or yellow if you're neutral. Now, there's other apps that don't really focus so much on that, but maybe help you to have an outline of the questions you're going to be asking, for example, which you know some people just take on a printed sheet of paper, but. Some of these other apps will help you kind of
1: organize those questions better, that kind of a thing. In addition to uh, getting organized, the iPad can, can be a, a tool for creativity as well. I know there are some apps out there that focus on um, mind maps. Um, and tell us what yeah. it is and how we would use that. It might be
0: more useful, you know, since it was a, a video podcast, that we could maybe show a picture, I have to say, um, people kind of get mind maps or, or they just ignore them. And, and I was in that latter category for a long time. I didn't really care about mind maps. I heard people talking about it's a great way to be creative and to show your flow of thinking and everything. And I just didn't really have time for it until, honestly, I started using an iPad. And I started using a couple of these apps. I now use Mind Maps for anything for what we were just talking about to sort of just brainstorm an idea. Whereas in the past, I would have maybe just, you know, had a bullet point of a, of a listing in a Microsoft Word document or something. With MindMaps now, you usually have like a central hub of an idea or a thought. And then with the Mind Maps, you sort of have these spokes that come off of it and you can add additional items to it. And what I loved about the iPad and Mind Maps is that I could just simply tap on a box move it to the other side or move it down or change the color of a box, that kind of a thing. So from a brainstorming component, it's wonderful. But I have also seen several litigators or trial lawyers use it effectively even from creating some kind of a workflow. One of my favorites is, is i thought It's probably one of the first places I go now when I just want to start getting something out of my head and start formulating an idea. But I've got another app that I've seen Lawyers use effectively to maybe generate like a family tree, is a simplified way to put it, or to demonstrate sort of a um, a corporate organizational structure chart, <laughs> whatever whatever you want to call that. Uh, one of my favorite apps to do that is Graphio, G R A F I O. It allows you to create these lovely, beautiful, like I said, organizational charts. Sometimes I see people to kind of use it as a as a storyboard to kind of see how things happen or just to sort of uh, visualize uh, the event. You know, it's not really a timeline, although you can use some timelines or some good apps for doing that as well, but I've seen people use something like Graphio or iThoughts to create a timeline because you can attach documents to it. Uh, I used to uh, work at uh, Thompson Hine for a long time doing a lot of litigation support there as well. You know, we, we pay, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to a company to create these elaborate, wonderful, beautiful organizational charts, and, we have that power in our hands now, I feel like, on something like the iPad. There's other applications for Windows computers and Macs, of course, as well. But, but on the iPad, it's just, I feel like anybody has been able to pick it up and just do it themselves. It's sort of simplified on the iPad that they're able to do it that way.
1: You mentioned timelines and kind of being able to graphically uh, demonstrate, and in and, and lots of, in any kind of case, I think, to be able to, to show. You know, how far apart dates are and events are. A picture is worth a thousand words. The iPad certainly makes that easier for with timelines. Yeah, absolutely. Two quick apps I'll mention there. One of my favorites.
0: is It's been around for a while, and I keep hoping they're going to update it, so I'll put in that little quick caveat. And I would never use this for um, a, a, a long, complicated timeline, but... Most of the time, you're trying to simplify things anyway. The app is simply called Timeline 3D. I, I seem to remember it's around the $10 mark. Um, but it does a beautiful job of letting you create, uh, you know, uh, events with text on them. And you can add a, an image. That image could be an image of a document, for example, or an image of, a, uh, you know, of, of an injury or an x-ray or something along those lines. Obviously, it's left up to your imagination uh, as, a, as a trial lawyer and how exactly you want to present this information. But Timeline AD, once you generate the timeline, it's a beautiful 3D rendering of how it goes. And in fact, you actually fly into the different apps and you can control it from your iPad and you have your listing of the events on your iPad, but the screen, the, the audience, the jury or the judge, the screen that they're seeing is basically this beautiful sort of like 3D inter- interface. It's, sort of, it's really immersive, if you will. Again, recommend a lot of lawyers. You know, you might want to use this to introduce the timeline, but you still might want to have your trusty, you know, foam, foam board over there on an easel, you know, afterwards to kind of, you know, keep it in front of them, that kind of a thing. So you, you sort of have to keep this as, as, as a tool in your tool belt. It may not be the ultimate uh, show. Uh, but one other quick app I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention, I haven't used this too much, but I, I keep getting interested in it. It's an app called Final Argument. I believe it's around $5. Final Argument. It sort of actually, if you, look at it, if you look it up, integrates both of these ideas of a mind map but on sort of a timeline. So it allows you to build this, this timeline but from a mind map-y kind of a kind of an angle. And then as you tap through it, what your audience is looking at on the screen is sort of, again, you're walking them through these events. So you sort of have to look at it to understand it. But Timeline 3D is an excellent app and Final Argument is another one I like as well.
1: Thanks for listening to part one of Brett's discussion about using the iPad. Make sure to also download part two of our interview where we discuss uh, using the iPad in trial as a presentation tool.